Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're locked in, ready to go. Mike, we got a loaded show, as always. You know, it's the same deal every single week. We got tons of stuff to go over. We got some Lions news to go over. We've got some Michigan coaching news to go over. We've got... Uh, uh, Pistons update. We promised you some Pistons, so you're getting some Pistons coverage today. Um, and then obviously we have uh, the Royal Rumble as well and some NFL awards. So we got a loaded show this week, guys. Um, be on the lookout later this week. Uh, Mike and I will be dropping a quick hitter episode like we always do on like a yearly basis for the NFC and AFC Conference Championship games. Uh, we'll be doing a preview of that. Um, obviously... Uh, we don't know the results of the uh, 49ers-Cowboys game or the uh, Cincinnati-Buffalo game, so we can't comment on those just yet. So that'll be coming out later on this week, so be on the lookout for that for your previewing um, of that uh, of those matchups and you know, so you can get your bets in. Mike will probably go over the Vegas odds and all that good stuff because I'm sure he's going to have some skin in the game, like always. He's going to have some. He's, he's shaking his head. Yeah, I always <laughs> um, But let's start off, Mike. Let's start talking Lions. We talked some Lions last week, um, you know, about the future of this team. I really couldn't say enough good things about it, but now we're at a point, right? We're in the offseason. It's a little bit of a lull. Um, and I think one of the measures that you can tell that this team is making some progress is twofold, right, is, is your coordinators and coaches – being interviewed for promotions, as in, you know, your coordinators being interviewed for head coaching positions, um, and your personnel department getting kind of poached by other teams for promotions as well. And that's kind of happened here for the Detroit Lions. Uh, we got some huge, and I mean huge, news coming out um, uh, of Allen Park this week. Uh, ben Johnson, Lions offense coordinator, current coordinator of the fifth best offense in the NFL. Um He's coming back. He's coming back. He, uh, he he turned down the other um, interview with Carolina. I think he was he's he was about to get on a plane apparently to go to Carolina for an in person interview. He was like hard pass. Never mind. Dave Tepper's crazy. I'm staying in Detroit, and this is an absolutely huge win for the Detroit Lions uh, to keep him around um, to, with that synergy with Goff building upon it another year. Right, and and Mike, I don't know how you feel about this, but. I really was like, I, I we've had similar situations like this before, right? Like Jim Bob Cooter came in for like the back half of a season, right? And he looked really good. And then the start of the next season, he looked okay. And then by the end of that third season come around, the Jets were like, yeah, we knew everything that was coming immediately. And you're like, okay, this is a disaster. Ben Johnson now has got about a year and a half, right? Roughly, you know, of making this offense his own. And where I think this is kind of different and why I am so excited about him coming back is I don't think that they've still really reached, like, maximum torque on this offense, right? Chark was out six games. Jamison Williams was pretty much non-factor this year due to injury. Um, you still have not yet had a full, complete, healthy offensive line of your projected starting five. Um, you got rid of TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I still think there's tons of growth that can happen with this offense now that Ben Johnson is staying. How, how do you feel about the future of this offense and where they're going and, and Ben Johnson coming back? Yeah, I have a high optimism for where they're going to be. Um, first half of the season, 
played really well. Yeah, I mean, they, they were always putting up quite a bit of yeah, points. Yeah, they, they were always putting up quite a bit of points, always point, putting up points at home. Yes. Um, the road. <sighs> we'll see yeah. what happens. New England was a rough one. New England was a rough one. Um, Carolina was a rough one. Just never could really get started on some of these road games. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's very important to bring Ben Johnson back for one more year, brings the synergy back, brings everything back putting everything together for at least one more year and with the strong possibility that he's probably going to leave after this upcoming season. Oh yeah. You can at least start to maybe groom the next guy, the next guy, whether it's the quarterback coach or whether it's an assistant, something, something that they want to groom. Like he can kind of be like, Hey, this might be your job coming up. So like, let's like, let's like pay attention. Do you think it's shocking that he actually, decided to come back, right? Because some people are, you know, making the comparisons. Like Byron Leftwich was a really hot name on the coaching cycle last year, mm-hmm. right? Now he's fired. Now he doesn't even work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anymore, yeah. right? Do you think that Ben Johnson should have, and, and we don't know the situation, right? He could have seen the writing on the wall and been like, look, I'm not getting any of these jobs. Like, it's just mm-hmm. clear and obvious. There could be the situation of, like, if I do, right, like, am I going to be able to really put together a staff, right, that is capable of, you know, turning something. Because if some of these situations are rough, right? Mm-hmm. Carolina is not a great situation. Houston is a complete nutter. You have to you have to start over, right? Like you've got to – you have nothing there really. So mm-hmm. you just got to hope and pray. The Colts, I don't even know if he got an interview there, but if he did, like you got Jim Mercy's crazy ass out there and you still don't have a quarterback. There's a lot of question marks with some of these teams. Um, but – are you still surprised? There, there's only 32 of these positions open. Yeah. So, are you surprised that he actively was like, "No, I'm just gonna stay," and now, albeit with a hefty pay raise, um, I'm gonna stay. I want to stay. I want to see what we can do in 2023 and really kind of build upon the momentum that they had, at, you know, at the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not shocked at all that he stayed. Yeah, um, I mean he's only 36. Let's keep that in yeah, mind he's, too. He's, like, a, he's a relatively a young, young, young guy. Yep. Um, I I think that in the NFL you've seen hundreds of times coaches prematurely yeah, go to a head coaching job and leave. Yeah. Do bad. They're out in one or two years, and it's like bad. Only like a handful of guys went back to the team that they like. Josh uh, McDaniel yes. went back to like yes. New England to do his thing for a right. little bit before going back to the Raiders or whatnot. But like. If Ben Johnson leaves, mm-hmm. say he went to uh, Carolina or Denver or something, right. he goes to one of those two spots or three spots or whatever, is doesn't do very well because the team's not very good. Two years in, they fire him, mm-hmm. and now it's like, well, I can't go back to the Lions now because they have right. a different offensive coordinator, whatever, right. what have you, and Campbell probably won't be fired in two or three years. So it's like, yeah, right. Okay, so now I got to go get an <laughs> offensive coordinator job yeah. in right. Denver or something where right. it's like maybe I don't want to be there. So yep. I think it's. And a second part of that is I don't think he's been around long enough to get the ins with a lot of coaches to get a good staff around him also. So he'd be getting this shop and having to interview, you know, tens of twenties of people to try to figure out who he wants on his staff instead of just going like if Aaron Glenn, who we might talk about getting like possible jobs or whatever, Mm -hmm. if Aaron Glenn goes to the Arizona Cardinals or whatever, he's like, he probably already has it by, all right, well, this guy's my offense coordinator. I have right. this guy's my defense coordinator. Right. He's has been like, coaching in the league longer. Yeah, and yeah. he's been coaching, so he's been in New Orleans. He's been here, so yep. he's he's been around the league a little bit. Ben Johnson's, like, really, 
Yeah, he's been in Miami. He's been in Miami been a little here. bit, but he's been yeah. here, and he's still young. So yeah. I think staying an extra year. And listen, there's like four to eight jobs that open up every, every year. Every year, yeah. And the, I guess the offense could look worse. Oh yeah, theoretically. Oh yeah, definitely could. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the odds it probably won't. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is is that um, I think you made a great point about you know the fact that. If if you're good at your job, right, you're you're gonna get another opportunity. Once you're the head guy, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, how hard is it to get back into that loop mm-hmm. of people who are like, yeah, it took Josh McDaniels a long time, yeah, to get back. I mean, he just had his first season, 2022. When was he the coach of the Broncos in like 2006? Yeah, something like that. So like, that's 15 years where he was at the Rams for a minute, and then he went back to New England, like. It took him winning multiple Super Bowls with Tom Brady as his, as his quarterback <clears throat> to, to get back into that cycle, right? Now, obviously, he turned down the Colts job a couple years ago. But the point being is that, like, it took him a while, right? It's t- it took, you know, even, like, a guy like uh, like Dan Quinn, right? Dan Quinn had to go and, like, revitalize the Dallas Cowboy offense, right? Vance Joseph, right? One and done, or two and done, right, was a disaster, the only interview job he's had is for Arizona because he's been in the bill. Like it is so hard. Jim Caldwell mm-hmm. has a winning record as the Detroit Lions head coach and has yet to get another one, right? Because people are like, it is so difficult once you get a head coaching job and it doesn't work to then just go right back. There's very few yeah. that happen like that. Like it almost takes a a very unique. Like Doug Peterson got fired. No, I went. Why are they firing Doug Peterson? Yeah. Right? So that's why he got another job. Eric Bieniemy has been the quote-unquote offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs for the past six, seven years. And he can't even sniff a job right now, right? Yeah. So, like, it is a – it's it's got to be the right situation. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think, you know – Yeah, and I think the thing that also helps Ben Johnson a lot yeah. is that doesn't help, like, Eric Bieniemy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is, he's got Jared Goff as his quarterback, and he well, makes him look like – well, Look that's fucking good. Yeah. Uh, but also, he's not the head coach that's it's aligned calling, with yeah, him. Right. Is not necessarily an offensive minded guy. Yeah. I guess maybe you like technically. Well, call Campbell him. is an offensive guy, but he's not calling plays. Yeah, he's not calling plays. But he, yeah. like, like when you look at the Kansas City situation, it's like okay, Andy Reid's doing yeah. a lot it's of Andy the work. Andy Reid's scheme. It's Andy Reid's baby. You're just you're along just kind of like helping out. Yeah. Like you could tell that this scheme and everything is it's Ben like Johnson. Ben Johnson. Yeah. And so. When you when you have that, it's mm-hmm. a much more attractive thing to go. I'd rather have that than Eric Bieniemy. It's like he's probably just going to try to recreate mm-hmm. Kansas City, right? And it's like, well, if you don't have Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and right. Tyree Kill, right? How it's do be you hard that? to recreate that? Which you won't have, right? In any situation you go into, right? Can you recreate Jared Goff mm-hmm. and Amon Ross St. Brown and right. DeAndre Swift? Probably a lot easier. Yeah, for so. sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, you know, it's a huge win for the Lions. It's it's huge to have him come back, right? I assume he's going to be on that grooming path, right, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, okay, you're coming back. Clearly there's a finite time as long as we continue to progress yeah. upward, right, as the team is, is projected to do and should do, quite frankly. Yes. Um, you know, assuming they make the playoffs next year and are on that trajectory and, and golf looks similar to what he looked this year. I mean, he had a career year. I know technically he had a better stat-wise year uh, mm-hmm. the year they went to the Super Bowl. I think this was his best year as a pro. I really do. I, I, I really think 
after those first couple games where he was just an interception machine, once he settled down week four, five, six, after that, I really felt like this was the best Jared Goff we have seen in his career. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really do. Because I, I would say that the Super Bowl <clears throat> year was still his best year. But well, and here's second. I think here's why. I think because in that year, I think because you, you look at the situation, right? You've got McVay, right, who's this offensive genius, right, coming in. You know, you have the league MVP as a running back that year when they went to the Super Bowl with Todd Gurley. You didn't have any of that this year, right? You have a budging superstar in Amon Ross St. Brown. You got rid of the your tight end, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of, okay, I like Josh Reynolds, but he's not like a game changer. You've got DJ Chark, who's still co-working back from injury, and you've got an, a relatively unproven run game, all things considered, and he made it work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, when you look at it, it's like the Geno Smith thing, where it's like you look at the stats this year and you expect, okay, all right, I expect Mahomes and Josh Allen to be at the top of those lists. But right there behind them is Geno Smith and, like, Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a pretty big accomplishment for that guy. And I think there's a there's a lot of that because of Ben Johnson and the relationship that they have, mm-hmm. you know, going forward. So yeah. I think, it's I, huge. I think, think it's going to be a very telling year this upcoming year because I think the lines have – turned a slight corner, which kind of yes. worries me a little bit in the sense of I think going into this past season, mm-hmm. the Lions, I wouldn't say necessarily is like a lookover game, but probably weren't. Oh, absolutely. But they weren't like, oh, we got to bear down and like yeah. game plan for them. Yeah. But my worry now is like there are going to be teams that are like, we can't take this team for granted, so yeah. we got to buckle down and learn. Yeah. And I feel like I just don't want Ben Johnson's scheme, if it's really dissected, yeah. to get found out next year the only counter to that and i agree with you because i think we saw that with jim bob cooter's offense right yeah. stafford had really good numbers under jbc for like for eight oh, games yeah yeah for that. that back half of that eight games and then like the start of the next season and then he got hurt mm-hmm. right like there was a moment there where you're like dude this is really working and then it went to yeah. disaster they just like yeah. find out how right to, exactly what, what to do and then you get slow <clears throat> but the thing I will say that I think is a little bit different is I think that that Green Bay game mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways was the biggest turning point they could have had as a, as a franchise and as a team. And the reason I say that is because you're going into a primetime game on the road against a division rival who has something to play for, and you're playing the Packers. It's not like you're playing the Bears. You're playing the Packers. Everything on the line, and the Lions were able to pull out the win there, right, and play consistent football. I think that game, I think, is more evidence that this team really has turned the corner mm-hmm. and is a team that, like, hey, like, Ben Johnson can call plays all year, right? Like, it's not, it's not, you know, like this crazy phenomenon all of a sudden that he's only in six games and we're all of a sudden went from last to first in the league. It's been a consistent, you know, they're scoring 25, 28, 35 points a game, and they're able to go into a hostile environment like that and play okay and and get the job done. I think that is more, hopefully, what the Lions are going into this season thinking, okay, we can do that with those kind of stakes on the line, going in there and doing that. That's where we really have to start. That's, That's our leaping off point, is we can go in to the toughest of conditions, beat a healthy Aaron Rodgers in his you know, on his home turf where they have everything to play for. And we came out with a victory. Mm -hmm. That's, that's ginormous. Other thing I want to talk about the lions too. um, And once again, I think it goes back to my original point of the, you know, the lions organization as a whole, taking a massive step forward lions, college scouting director, Dave Sears 
who was key in the James Houston evaluation, is leaving the Detroit Lions to become the assistant GM of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Monty Osenfort, I believe, is the new uh, GM there in Arizona, so congratulations to him. Um, they got that done, like, really, really fast. Um, but I think, once again, Dave Sears, right, director of college scouting coming in, right, and and this is a this is a blow, right? It's not it's not nothing. It's not like we lost a scout, right? This is a this is a you know a guy that's high up in, in the in the organization who's been here since two thousand seven. So he's lasted several regimes at this point. So clearly, um, somebody well respected within at least Allen Park and clearly around the league. Um, I just think it's one of those moments where you go, the Lions are now becoming a team where. You see Aaron Glenn is in the running for the Colts job and for Arizona and some of these other opportunities. Now you're seeing Dave Sears getting hired to be the assistant general manager for another team. That says something. That says something about the Lions' process. That says something about who Brad Holmes has brought in and kept. This says something about um, ownership and the re, you know and them keeping um, you know keeping the right people around and and really. You know, establishing a really great process to bring in Brad Holmes and to bring in Dan Campbell and to bring in the right people. So many things go into it. So I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but it's just one of those situations where if you're a Lions fan, even it sucks to lose people, obviously. Like if Aaron Glenn gets a head coaching job, that's going to be a blow, right? That's going to be tough. Um, But you have to look at it as, a positive step in the direction of your franchise as a whole because you are now hiring people that other teams are now wanting to hire and give them a promotion to take them away from you. That doesn't happen to the Detroit Lions. It happens to Baltimore. (laughs) It happens to Green Bay. It happens to New England. It happens to Kansas City. It happens to Pittsburgh. It happens to Seattle. It doesn't happen to the Detroit Lions. So the fact that it is happening is a great sign for the overall health, status, and progression of the franchise. So uh, good luck to Dave Sears uh, in Arizona, except for when we play them, obviously. Um, all right, Mike, let's let's shift focus a little bit here. Let's talk some, you know, let's talk some Michigan football. There was a lot of speculation um, over the last couple of weeks, and we even talked about, you know, this topic quite a bit when, you know, some of these head coach job openings were open. But Jim Harbaugh, coming on back. Running it back um, at, at U of M, coming on back. Um, apparently called Denver and said, look, I'm staying. Mm-hmm. So at least that at least somewhat signifies that he was at least in the running for that job, right? If he's the one calling them, not the other way around. Unlike Minnesota, who was like, yeah, I'm okay. Um, thoughts on Harbaugh coming back? Are you excited? Do you care? I know some cynical Michigan fans at this point are like, I don't want him back. Um, which I still think is kind of laughable in my opinion, but um, thoughts on Harbaugh coming back, trying to run it back, and going for that third Big Ten championship in a row? Um, I mean, I don't think it does, like, a lot for me. Uh, I'm glad that he came back. Yeah. But I also, I, th- I was at the point where I was like, I also didn't care if he left. Yeah. I think – for recruiting purposes and for like maintaining, like yeah. there was a long stretch of I'm coming back for my fifth or sixth year at Michigan, and I was like, so there's no way he's not coming back, right? Because like he brought back like Cornelius Johnson and right. Chris Bryant, and all these guys right. who are like should be going to the draft, all decided to come back at mm-hmm. the same 
Yeah, Blake Corum's coming back. Blake, Cor- Blake yeah. Corum was like the biggest one. I was like, if Harbaugh wasn't coming back, I don't know if Blake Corum would be coming back. Right. Like, right. I think they like correlate one and two. Um, so I, I guess in the sense that you're able to bring people back and your recruiting will still be good. Mm-hmm. I like that he came back. Right. But also, I don't think he's like I think this team is set up at least this year, maybe another year, mm-hmm. to be like good enough with him or without him with the talent that you have. Right. To be. 10, 11 wins at the minimum, you know? Yeah. So And playing for something. And important. playing the yeah. Ohio State game with either one loss or undefeated. Yeah. Winner goes in, you know what I mean? Right. So I don't like, I'm glad that he stayed because it just keeps everything balanced and how it was. Right. But if he would have left, I, I didn't like totally disagree with the idea that like, oh, you're just bringing up Shamar Moore, yeah, the right. offensive coordinator, and here's go the only thing. You know, the only thing about the Harbaugh thing, the whole situation, is I'm kind of tired of the hokey pokey. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. either you're going or you're staying. Like, every year now, it's the same game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers retirement crap. Or, is he going to stay in Green Bay? Is he going to go somewhere else? At this point, just make a damn decision and stick with it, please. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, that's kind of how I feel about the Harbaugh stuff. Where it's like, are you here or are you not? Because it does affect the performance of the team long-term because of the recruiting aspect, like you mentioned. So, it's like, are you here or are you going? Because if you're going, that's fine. Go. I, I, you know, fully support you. Go ahead. Go. Go win a Super Bowl. But if you're not, and you're, and this is the goal is to win a national championship, then you know, F and A, Colin, like figure it out. You know what I mean? And stay here. Like, there's no argument that Nick Saban's not staying in Alabama. Yeah. Like Lincoln Riley is staying at USC at least for now. You know. It, there's just certain guys where you're just like, no, this is what they do. They're staying here and they're they're going to be the head coach of University of blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, like come on, man. Like let's just you know figure it out. Other news coming out of Ann Arbor: Matt Weiss, co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, under some investigation about something. I'm not. We're not going to get into that portion of it, but he gone. He fired. So clearly not uh, some allegations that were serious enough for Michigan to go hard pass. We're done. Um, anything. On that, for you, about Matt Weiss not coming back, I, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. I don't know the responsibility chart, right, like mm-hmm. between Moore and Weiss when it comes to, like, play calling or scheme, you know, because, like, Moore is, like, the offensive line guy, Matt Weiss quarterback's guy. I don't know if it's, like, what, you know, what level of responsibility? Yeah, Did yeah. somebody report to the other? Is it, hey, you call a play, I call a play? That seems very elementary to me. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was actually. You know what I mean? Was it like you call a drive? Like they they change. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Like that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like the full breakdown of like who's doing what. Every time they ever mentioned anything, usually they just mentioned more as like the guy, like this hot young upstart guy that they're really excited about. Yeah. Um, does it do anything? I don't really know if it does anything. I think you got JJ there. Harbaugh was a quarterback, mm-hmm. so it's like you know he's gonna be extremely hands-on with his guy regardless. He used to be a quarterback's coach. Like, there's a lot of things there where I go, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, I think it's and also be- just better if you have one coordinator. Oh, so, yeah, I would so like, ha- well. instead of having the split ones where it's like, I don't know who to talk to if I throw yeah. this interception, it's I'm just going to go talk to the offensive coordinator right. about this situation. Right. So, I... I'm just I, waiting for them to hire the assistant quarterbacks coach from Baltimore to be. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, but I it doesn't really. I don't. I don't. Affect and me. maybe there. Maybe we'll see something different when the actual game, or maybe when the spring game comes in or something like that. But I think JJ made such good progress towards the end of the year last year, mm-hmm. and 
the offense, I think, is going to have to change a little bit just based on the fact of who you have. Like, you have Corum and Donovan Edwards coming back. Your receiving core is not going to be as flush as mm-hmm. it was this year. They're going to run the ball, obviously, it's a Jim Harbaugh team. But I want to see them really leverage play action and really leverage the read option mm-hmm. with J.J. You could run a triple option with all three of those guys, and every one of those guys has a potential to take it to the house yeah. at any moment. Mm-hmm. That needs to be a fu- like a foundational piece for this Michigan team mm-hmm. because your wide receiving core is not as deep as it was. You don't have that, you know, dynamic guy coming back. Yeah, I would say, like, Cornelius is, like, the best Yeah, for sure, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled and that he's coming I, back. I guess I don't know if Roman Wilson's coming back. I haven't heard if he's leaving or not. Like, I he, would also he, be, yeah. he would also be a big one. Yes. I guess he hasn't declared... And it should have been time. It should have been his last Monday, I think. So I guess yeah. he would be coming back technically. Yeah. Um, unless he declared I didn't see it. So yeah. Um, if you have Cornelius and him back, yeah. it's actually not that bad. Shoemaker's leaving, which sucks. Yes. But they've got that other freshman tight end. they got the Loveland kid. So yeah. Yeah. The, the Colorado no one would recruit in the, in the state, <laughs> according to Kyle. There you go. So, Yeah. Well, good thing Deion Sanders wasn't in Colorado then. He probably would have went there. Probably. He just flipped the number one recruit from Miami. (laughs) He flipped that corner from Miami. He's like, I'm going to go over here now. He's just flipping everyone. It's crazy. What a recruiting guy. I'm really excited for that season, by the way. It's one of of those Colorado might go from like one win to like 10 wins in like I know. I'm very excited to see because it's like, even if they go like seven and five five, and you go, dude, you did it with, like, a whole bunch of schmucks. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. If, if they go, like, 0 for then it's like, oh, well, we tried. But, like, I'm very excited. Like, that's, like, an underrated storyline yeah. for college football next year is talking about them. Like, when we do our conference stuff, uh-huh. right, it's going to be really hard for me not to be, like, I don't know what the hell Colorado is going to look like, but I have a lot of faith in Deion Sanders. Yeah. Like, will they compete with USC? That's, like, the question. That Dude, point. that's like the thing. I have a feeling, like, they're going to do that, where they're going to pull off an upset against one of those top-type top yeah. teams where you go, Oh shit! Here he comes, right? Mm-hmm. And Dion's like, "No, we're winning now." And you're like, "Okay, sir. Yep, yep. sure are. Alrighty then." I will not argue with you because mm-hmm. I'm scared of you. <laughs> He's, yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about let's talk Pistons here a little okay. bit. I, I'll, I'm saving the NFL awards thing because that'll be fun. This okay. is we're gonna bring it down for a second because okay. I don't I don't necessarily know how I feel about this. So if you haven't first off i want to just put this out there if you're not a subscriber to the athletic i think you should and i think you should mike as well i think it's very well worth the money it's like i think if you sign up now it's like a dollar for like the first year mm-hmm. like a month and then they, it's like 10 bucks a month after that but they do really nice work when it comes to like covering you know whoever you follow mm-hmm. right um but they didn't they didn't interview with the athletic james edwards um with troy weaver while they were in france while the pistons were playing Chicago shocker they lost um and Troy Weaver seems pretty damn confident in where the Pistons are at and the in the progression towards you know looking like an actual professional basketball team Hmm. um interesting and while I understand you know you've had the most starting lineups in the NBA uh you haven't you know Kate Cunningham's been out Marvin Badgley's been out Isaiah Livers has been out uh, even like Jaden Ivey's missed some time, like Killian Hayes has missed time. Like there's so many guys that have been in and out of the lineup. You haven't had your full repertoire of, of, of assets, and I get that. However, um, I just – it's hard for me to, to, to really buy into Troy being like, yep, I'm, ju- I'm as confident, if not more confident, now than I was in 2020. I just don't know how you can say that. And maybe this is the short-sightedness of a fan, but, man, Mike, this team doesn't look good. 
This team is constantly, you know, Bogdanovich is already potentially going to get traded for, mm-hmm. a, you know, they're, they're asking prices the first, but they'll keep him if not, they don't get that. There's just so much to it where I just go, I, I got to trust you because he's going to be here. And I think he's a good GM. I just, I, at some point, some the, we got to break through the wall at some point, and we just haven't done that. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, no, they're uh... – because they're bad. They're yeah, not they're, good. Yeah, they're bad, bad, bad. Um, there's there's not a lot. They're kind of like in the Tigers realm where it's just not a lot to look forward to outside of like, oh, you get Cade back. Yeah. Even Cade, I'm like, I still haven't loved what I've seen from Cade. Like, yeah. Cade hasn't had some of those like, okay, that's, mm-hmm. that's him games yet. Mm-hmm. Like, even like Anthony Edwards the other day had 44, 10, and 9 or something where it's like, okay, that is like – what yeah. you're gonna get. Like Kate's high, I think is like thirty two. Yeah. And I was like, that's good. Yeah. But like three years in or well, this is two years in. Right. But like in his third year, I'm expecting to see like that big jump. Yeah, yeah and we talked about that. Like, yeah. Like you go from seventeen to twenty to twenty one to like twenty five. Like I need to see those jumps yep. in points per game and Absolutely. everything else. Um but everyone else just hasn't looked good either. I think Jalen Duran's the only one, and Killian, I would say, to an extent, yeah. are the two that I'm like, okay, I've been pressed by, but everyone else, I'm just like, you're just not. Yeah, and it's, it's Shadiq Bay has been disappointing. Jane Ivey, I haven't. Jane Ivey's a guy I thought I would be like, oh, he had another 30 point game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, one every like month or something. Yeah. I don't think he's had more than like 22 in a game. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Just no one's really. How much? The how much of this do you do you attribute to Dwayne Casey? And like I said, with injuries and everything in, involved at the same time, I just don't know at this point if he's the guy for this massive youth movement. And I understand. So, like, yeah. he at this point to me is Ron Gardenhire. When the Tigers hired Ron Gardenhire, the, the expectation was you're not going to win many baseball games, but he's a veteran manager who is going to be a solid fundamental guy who is going to write – Try to eliminate mistakes more than anything else, right? Like, teach them the right way to play the game. And I think that's where Dwayne Casey is at this point. But at some point now, where you're three years into the Troy Weaver kind of run here, I feel like you have to get younger at the position of head coach. Mm -hmm. And this isn't not me being like, well, he's too old to coach. But what I'm saying is that you're not efficient offensively. Defensively, even, they're not very good. So at some point, you have to start looking at the head coach and going, listen, I like the talent here. I think we have pieces to compete. And while I will say, for the most part, they're competing, mm-hmm. I guess, you're not winning and you're not you're not learning how to win. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell showed in the last half of this season that the Lions learned how to win football games. It's, it's clear and evident. You don't go 8-2 and two and not figure that out. No. They have not done that. If the Pistons were in a rough spot record-wise, but they rattled off 7 out of 10, mm-hmm. right? Like, coming out of Christmas, they rattled off 7 out of 10. Even though you know the record's not great, but, like, okay, hey, look, like, we can see spurts of time where they're really starting to figure it out and stack some wins on top of each other. We haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Not even a little bit. I don't remember the last time they won five in a row. I, I can't I can't tell you. They, that's half the damn win total this year if they won five in a row. Yeah. I can't think that Dwayne Casey has that much more rope I just can't because you even with all the injuries you're still playing guys at Corey Joseph 
way too much. Mm-hmm. Nerlens Noel should not be seeing the basketball court. I'm sorry. He just shouldn't. And yet, we're seeing these games. Oh, well, he lost a close game to the Bulls. The Bulls aren't very good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many more times we can hang our hat on the moral victory thing and be like, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. You've had three years to figure it out. Yeah, so... To like a couple of those points. Yeah. Some of the, now, some of the older players that are playing. You brought up Norris Norrell, which I think is like a perfect example. Yeah. I think he's a guy who they're trying to get on the trade market to mm-hmm. mix with someone. So I think like maybe pre trade right like pre trade deadline, yeah. a lot of the more veteran in betweener guys. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to play like twenty minutes. Go, hey, he puts up twelve and ten. Don't you want him? So they can like Makes trade sense. him yep. with I'm with you. you know someone like yep. if they traded him and Bogdanovich, yep. you could get a nice haul back from right. someone from both those guys. Yeah. So I Corey Joseph, I don't think a lot of people are gonna want in God. general. So I don't know why he. Plays I don't a lot. want him. But there's a <laughs> but there's a lot of players out there like the Noels of the world where I'm like I get why you're playing him yeah. because you're trying to raise his draft. Now after the trade deadline, if he's playing 30 minutes, I would go I don't know why. Yeah. But at, up to then. Right. Um, and there is some injury there, too, and right? There's, yeah, there's yeah, a good amount know. of injury that's impacting that a little bit. Uh, to the second point of that, um, I, I I never thought Dwayne Casey was going to be the guy. No, and he I was, didn't either. He was in Toronto being the number one seed, getting swept right. by teams. Right. Like, I mean, I'm going to say teams like it wasn't LeBron every year doing it. <laughs> but, like, teams. But you never figured but out like, how to overcome He never that. figured out how to beat that one guy. Right. So... Um, I just never believed that he would be the guy. And also, I think if I would have told you like two years ago that there are five first-round picks playing basketball for the Pistons, yeah. you would be like, oh, so we're like 35-plus win team. Right, we're in it. We're, we're in, in the mix. With yeah. all those first-round picks, yeah. and you have 12 wins. Right. Yeah. So, like, something's wrong. Either right. Weaver is like faking like it's just missing but like makes it look good that he's missing (laughs) or Dwayne Casey sucks one of the two and and you have to kind of figure out which one well because you know we go to draft night right and we talk we've talked more Pistons draft in the last three years than we have at any other time but like okay it's like hey we got this guy got this guy and everybody unanimously now for what it's worth right because you know other people outside of NBA circles don't really but like Unanimously, you see all these people who cover the draft. You know the Jay Bealus of the world. All these guys are like, man, this is a great basketball player. Mm -hmm. Like this is a good guy for the Pistons to get. It's unanimous, pretty much consistently, and everyone's like, yes, that's the guy. Yes, nailed that. Like when Jaden Ivey got drafted here, I was ecstatic. Mm -hmm. You know, when we found out we were going to get Cade, I was like, oh, this is a this is a, a franchise altering move, and it still could be. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking that away, but. You're just not seeing any fruits of that labor at all on the basketball court right now. It just feels like they need a shot in the arm mm-hmm. in the worst way. And no, I'm not advocating for them to go like hire a former NBA player because I don't think that works in the NBA. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. But like, give me somebody that's creative, somebody that can do something where you go, hey, let's take advantage of the fact that we have knees and mm-hmm. other teams like the Lakers don't have the le- like the legs to run anymore. Mm-hmm. Can we take advantage of that? You've got Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, who are two of the youngest players in the league. I don't understand how that's not just you're not sprinting mm-hmm. up and down the court. And this is coming from a guy who's got some, you know, I don't want to brag, but I was an assistant high school varsity basketball coach for a couple seasons, okay? So I know nothing. But still, yeah. like, I mean, come on. It's just, it's been tough. It's yeah. been very, very tough. So, I mean... Where are you with the Pistons right now? Are you at the point where you're like, obviously they're not watchable. I'm not going to ask you that. But like from like a perspective of like, are you 
Are you just kind of out until draft season? Are you out until the trade deadline when they make a move? If they make a move, are you out until they fire Dwayne Casey? Like, when is it that where you go, all right, let's try this again? Yeah, no, I'm pretty much out until the draft. Yeah. Pretty much on the Pistons. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you what it would take to bring me back into the Pistons this year. Like, I can't even lie. It's tough. Like, even if you were like, oh, well, like, if you told me that they traded for, like, a star player, yeah. I would still be like, well, you still only have 12 wins this year. <laughs> so even if you traded, like, even if you got, like, we'll throw, like, a wild name out there. Like, yeah. if you got, like, a Donovan Mitchell type player, like right. a big name type player mm-hmm. or something um, from somebody, and you traded, like, like, four players or picks or whatever it was to get this star player here, I'd still be like, okay, you're 14 wins. Like, this year, when next year, like, offseason slash Next year, I'd be like, oh, we have the star guy with Cade and Bob. I'd be excited for yeah. with maybe a new coach. But, like, I don't think there's a single thing you could do this season I think they need to, like, spark hope. I really me. think they need to open the pocketbook. I really do. Yeah. I think they really need to fire. They, they need to – I think they need to get rid of Dwayne Casey, and I think they also need to open up the checkbook a little bit and go, hey, like, we got to get somebody in here. I'm not against veteran presence on this team. I think it's important. I think that's why Corey Joseph plays as much as he does because of that, right? But I think you need somebody who's a difference maker at that spot. Mm -hmm. Like LeBron going into that Lakers team with the Lonzo balls and stuff like that, he was brought in because it's like, I need to show you guys how to win in the NBA. I need to show you how to be an NBA player, Mm -hmm. right? And even though it didn't work out necessarily because they, you know, shipped them all away for other stuff. You now see those guys, though, have gone and become legit, you know, basketball players for teams, yeah. right? That's what they need. I'm not saying you're going to get LeBron. That's not a feasible. But you need that guy who has done it at a high level, a legit high level, who is a premier scorer, who is a premier NBA talent, and then go, hey, boom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 ridiculous um it's it's sad is what it is yeah it is a little sad yeah but it's, it's tough you know maybe they're not in the worst spot in detroit though yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know sure they could, they could be the, they could be the tigers <laughs> they could be the tigers the tigers have fallen off like a cliff for me or like i feel like going into last year mm-hmm. there's like slight optimism for the tigers yep to be like maybe the second or third best team in detroit now I'm just like, I don't even think they're Yeah. Um, they're worse than the 12-win Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got the clear hierarchy of teams in Detroit right now. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, you're not wrong for sure. Um, all right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Let's go, uh, let's go to some NFL awards, right? We're going right. to the end of the year. Uh, like I said, we're not talking division stuff or anything like that um, just yet because, you know, for obvious reasons. Um We've got NFL awards coming up, Mike. We got MVP. We got Coach of the Year. I've already casted my vote and said that I think that it should be um, Brad Holmes as Executive of the Year. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's just me. Sure. Um, we're, we we I don't have that award, so I'm not, we're not going over <laughs> that one. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say no because I don't have like another one on the top of my head. Yeah, but. I think I think like Seattle's executive should be up there. Yeah, for sure, Dave John Schneider. Schneider. John yeah, John Schneider. yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, yeah. I think he did a good job drafting. And um, no, I, I, listen, there's a couple. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, I could, but I could see it. yeah, he's up there. Um, but yeah, so I have. Uh, we are going to go over 
NFL MVP odds, mm-hmm. offensive player, defensive player, offensive mm-hmm. rookie, defensive rookie, comeback player, and coach. Okay. Those yep, are, sounds good. Yep. And what order do you want? Do you want to go f- the order I just said it, or do you want to do a reverse order and with MVP? Um, I don't really know. I don't think it um, matters. Yeah, I don't really think it matters. I will right, go frankly. reverse, so we'll get like some of my coaches stuff out of the way. All right. NFL Coach of the Year odds. So... Uh, we got Nick Sirianni, minus 175, Kyle Shanahan, plus 275, Doug Peterson, plus 800, Brian Dable, plus 1,400, Dan Campbell, plus 1,500, Kevin O'Connell, plus 4,000. What? <laughs> plus 4,000? <000. laughs> I'm sorry, that took me. Yeah. So, um, who is your coach of the year? I guess it doesn't have to be on this list, but I would assume that yeah. everyone we pick will probably be on this list. Yeah. So, who would be yours? Oh, boy. Mine would be Nick Sirianni. Because I think a lot of people thought the yeah. Eagles... I thought everyone thought the Eagles would be good. Yeah. Um, they have the best record in the league, number one seed. They will be, because we saw Saturday, we don't know the Sunday games, but we know they're going to be in the NFC Championship game, hosting the NFC Championship game. I think they've had the biggest, like... Maybe not the biggest, like, plus point total mm-hmm. from, like, preseason stuff. Yeah. But I think they're, like, the best team when everyone thought, like, okay, the Cowboys probably win the division. They'll be, like, a nine-win team. Right. And they turn out to be one of the best teams in football. <clears throat> uh, what they did with Jalen Hurts and everything, I think they're probably – he's he's probably going to Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I mean, shoot, dude, the last – I mean, they're 15-1 and one in the last 16 with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, the only two that they lost or three that they lost or whatever yeah. outside of the one to uh, – Washington. Washington. Yeah. Which is, like, a weird – yeah, weird game One to off. watch. Yeah. Um, was with the back quarterback, and right. so like if you're gonna judge a guy on his backup quarterback, yeah, who's like a po- who's like a pocket passer comparatively to Jalen Hurts being your yeah. mobile dude, um, then sure, but yeah. right, you know, almost undefeated with your starting quarterback in his right, exactly, uh, yeah. Um, I, I think yeah, <laughs> I think if the Lions would have made the playoffs, I think you could make a harder argument. For, for Dan Campbell, but starting out one and six and digging that hole is yeah. really hard to be like, you can't forget that portion of it. Yeah. Right. So, and I think the hard part too, is I, I, I wouldn't advocate for the lions would have beaten San Francisco. Yeah. Um, Doug Peterson almost did the exact same thing that the lions did yeah. and they beat the chargers. Right. So like, even if, the, if that was your case for Dan Campbell, yeah. then you'd be like, well, then Doug Peterson probably gets it too. Right. Cause they were the number one overall pick yeah. two years in a row. And then flipped it around. In fairness to Doug Peterson, though, all he had to do was not kick a kid or kick a player, and you would have been better than Urban Meyer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but just saying, like, for our Coach of the Year aspect, yeah. it would have been I like, think Sirianni's a good pick. I think he's a guy who everyone kind of writ off. Right, his, his press conference was just as bad as Dan Campbell's was. And he's really, you know, playoffs last year, right, clearly weren't ready for it, but they got there. Mm-hmm. And now this year, they're the number one seed, right, they're a game, you know, they're in the NFC Championship game at bare minimum, probably the favorites in the Super Bowl or to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC side. I'd be close. Yeah. I, I, like yeah. San Fran. If San Fran wins, I mean, still, like, they're at home, so yeah. I would so, assume. Yeah, the favorite favored. of that game would be Philly either way, yeah. but it would be a much closer one than, like, Dallas. Dallas would yeah. be, like, a much farther. Right. It's a division game, so you're like, how does that play out? But anyway, so I, I would say Sirianni probably deserves it. You know, I think, you know, I think Howie Roseman should be in there for executive of the year. That A.J. Brown trade, mm-hmm. that in itself, and them also going to get C.J. Gardner-Johnson and signing James Bradbury to a one-year deal have all proved to be 
massive additions for them. So good on the Eagles. The Eagles have really turned it around in a very short amount of time. Yep. All right, so we both kind of agree on Nick Sirianni. The one thing we didn't talk about was Kyle Shanahan, which is wild because he's working with, like, a fourth-string quarterback who was a seventh-round pick. But that team yeah. is just so stacked that, like – Yeah. I think I think it's like – but here's the thing. They're showing like, that, like, you can really just plug in. Well, play it's like Bill like, Belichick, right, when, yeah. when they were all those years, right? It's like, you know, once you get to a point, it's expected yeah. that you do that. It's I think the coach of the year is one of those things where it's like, what have you – like, where's the impact, right? Taking a team – like, Doug Peterson's a great – is another great example of that. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Sirianni. All right, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Saquon Barkley, plus 175. Geno Smith, plus 175. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, plus 250. Jared Goff, plus 700. Derrick Henry, plus 8,000. <laughs> so we're basically talking about four people here. Um, Generally, probably two or three. I'm going to give it to Geno Smith. I really am. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You, in, you basically are told, look, we're trading away Russ mm-hmm. and... We're bringing in Drew Locke, and it's going to be an open competition. He wins competition out of camp, which it's Drew Locke, so, you know, whatever. But the play as well as he did, he had a career year. Whether or not it's consistent, you you can't tell. But he had a career year, leads a Seattle team that nobody thought had a chance in hell to sniff the playoffs, make the playoffs. You give the Niners a good fight for that first half. You play the most important position in football. I think he's got to be comeback player of the year. I yeah. I don't understand. Barkley's always Barkley's running back. He's had expectations, but there were games where Barkley was not there. Mm-hmm. The Lions shut Saquon Barkley down. Yeah. There's been games like that. Like Geno Smith, pretty consistently was was producing mm-hmm. at some at a relatively high level. Than than you know at least. 12 other quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I think he's got to be the pick. Yeah, I would agree. I think Geno Smith is the pick. I do think, when, especially when we did our preseason, like, division ranking of, like, yeah. positions and stuff, we looked at Seattle, and when we were doing it, I remember us going, Seattle's actually not that bad. Right. At least from the right. offensive perspective. Yeah, like, for sure. Kenneth Walker, you have your receivers, mm-hmm. decent offensive line. Yep. The defense needs some work, but you had, like, pieces on the defense that you really liked. It was like, they're not, like that far, yeah. but the, comparatively to, like, the Niners and everything, I think we put yeah. them at well, four. Yeah, because well, when you lose a guy like Russ, who makes the world go round for you for so long, when you remove that piece, you go, I don't know what their identity is as a football team anymore, right? You yeah. go through the Legion of Boom, you lose that, you have to reestablish your identity as, like, an offensive team now, mm-hmm. which I'm sure Pete Carroll hated, but, and then you now you have to kind of transition back, and it's like, okay, we kind of have to just, we gotta be us, we gotta be who we are, what, yeah. what do I want to be, and yeah. I think he's the perfect embodiment of that. I think he's warranted a contract extension. I think he's warranted being the starter next year. Yeah. Whether or not he maintains that level of high play, I don't know because we haven't seen it before, right? This is the longest stretch of his career where you go, okay, he's played really, really well. Yeah, he, he was – so he started really hot this season. Yeah. And then there was a point where I was like, I think teams may have figured him out. Yeah. And then near the end of the season, I think he kind of re-sparked it and was mm-hmm. like – you may have figured me out, but right. I'm still good. Right. I can like, still piece it together. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, like, you, I think they went through all the benchmarks of it. So now I think what you saw at the end of the year and in the playoff game, even though it's not like what he did the first seven yeah, games or something, it's not wowing you. It's not yeah. wowing you, but that's what he's going to be. Yeah. And if it's something you can live with, mm-hmm. with like adding more to the defense, because they have the top five pick from the mm-hmm. Denver trade, trade and yep. stuff. Um, if they can add more to the defensive side and you know, okay, this is our quarterback, we have good receivers still, blah, 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 blah. I think 
they could still be a good team going forward with Geno Smith. So I would give it right. to Geno Smith. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's Geno. All right. NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. Got oh, boy. Sauce Gardner, minus 1,000. Aiden Hutchinson, plus 400. Tariq Woolen, plus 1,600. Kayvon Thibodeau, plus 6,600. Kyle Hamilton, plus 10,000. Yeah, so Kyle Hamilton and Kayvon are not even. Yeah. This is a two horse race for me. This personally. is a two horse race, and yeah. it's kind of just do you take the player that can, like, every game, yeah. without a doubt, was like a top three in mm-hmm. his position, mm-hmm. or do you take the guy who had, like, sparks games? Yeah. I think it's really what it comes down to. Because yeah. I think. Like, everyone's like, oh, you know, Aiden Hutchins has as many interceptions as South Gardner. Mm-hmm. That's true. They both yeah. had three. Right. Or what that. Um, I think Aiden Hutchins had, had games like Washington and, like, the last game against Green Bay where it's like, oh, he had three sacks. He was a monster in that game. Yeah. And then there's, like, Carolina where I was like, what the hell? Does he play football? Right. I don't know. Right. Um, I think South Gardner every single game was just locked up on the number one guy, on yeah. DK Metcalf, on, mm-hmm. you know, um, Amon Ross St. Brown or yep. whatever it is. Oh, yeah. And he was just the guy on their best guy mm-hmm. and had a lot of pass breakups and was just the solid yeah, defensive I think, guy. Yeah. So I think it just kind of comes down to, do you like the guy who had big, flashy numbers or there's the solid top five corner in the league? What's weird for me is, you know, with these, these are these are tough ones, like the individual, right? Like, I think like I think certain ones where you go, yeah, that, that guy just clearly, right? Yes. Um, this one's a lot closer for me than I think people would expect. Like, I, you know, Hutchinson, I felt like when Hutchinson was on, and I don't even, I'm not even talking like big sack games like Washington or something, but like I felt like there were certain games where he took over the game. Mm-hmm. Like he himself yeah, he was very took impactful. over. Like Green Bay, I felt like they had to make clear and adjustments mm-hmm. for, for Aiden Hutchinson, right? Yes. Um, I thought the Giants game was a Aiden Hutchinson type game for him where maybe the, you know, he had the, I think he hit, I don't think he had a pick in that game, but um, like it was clear and obvious that he was a force, right? There were games like that. Um, All that being said though, I still think sauce is going to be the guy. You can't be all pro and not win defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Like that's one of the only rookies. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't be that. Now I'm not upset. They took Hutchinson. I think he's the perfect player for what they're trying to do. Um, and I think in almost any other year, he's probably the guy. Yeah. But when you have a guy that people are like, dude, he's he's literally an all pro. He's mm-hmm. he's a top four or five at his position right now. Hutchinson's not there yet. He's just not. And that's okay. Yeah. I want to be very clear about that. If you're building off of a, a basically a 10-sack season as a rookie, that is phenomenal mm-hmm. to be there. But I think the only way Hutchinson wins this award is if he – would have had a 14, 15 sack year where it was like, holy shit. Like he's by far the best guy. We're coming out of the gates fast. But to your point, not having that game against Carolina where you go, woof, this was rough. Yeah, right? and there's also games in that one and six stretch where I was like, yeah, are are you here? Right. Like, where yeah, are you? Exactly. That's a number two pick. And you and it, I think if you want to take anything away for, I think that he was the guy that you looked at and you went from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. It's two different players. Yes. completely two different players. Where like Sauce, I think was like he, he walked came down in the field and he was like, "I'm good." And you're and like, he's like, "Okay, okay I guess five. you're good." And here yeah. we are. I think so, Sauce gets it. I I do also think Sauce gets it. I do yeah. think Aiden Hutchinson is the close. And I think if you had like a, I think Tariq Woolen should be in there, extremely close behind there too. I think yes. his like I like his his point value is far. Yeah. I think if you went from who developed the most as a rookie, yes. Tariq Woolen gets it because nobody was talking on. about Tariq Woolen coming yeah. into the year. Yeah, he was a fifth round pick. Right. 
no one knew who he was. Yep. And all of a sudden, after four games, he had four straight interceptions yeah. in four games. I was like, oh, is he like one? Like he is now the number one corner in Seattle right. for the next 10, 12 years. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah, for so. sure. All right. Offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. All right. Got Garrett Wilson minus 200. Kenneth Walker plus 350. Brock Purdy plus 700. <laughs> Christian Watson plus nine hundred. No. Brian Robinson Jr. plus twenty two hundred. No. I, this one's tough. Yeah. Because I think Garrett Wilson's really good, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't see Garrett Wilson as like this game changing dude, mm-hmm. right? But I also don't really feel like that with like anybody uh, from this offensive class. Like, so yeah, this was rookie class. Like, yes. was not this like Justin Jefferson was like a revelation for Minnesota, right? We're like, holy crap! Like, good yeah, lord, we'll get there. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get that from anybody in this class. So I don't. I mean, I guess I'll give it to him. Mm-hmm. But like, Kenneth Walker was really good. But I didn't see anything where I was like, holy crap! Like Kenneth Walker is changing the, you know, like yeah. it's changing what Seattle does. That's not what he did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think this one's tough too. I think I would give it to Kenneth Walker. Yeah, even though he was hurt a lot of the year, which would probably yeah. deter him from actually winning the award. And Garrett Wilson had Zach Wilson thrown to him, so it's like, how do you, yeah, how do, how you, do you evaluate that? that? Yeah. But I think Kenneth Walker is one of the reasons why Geno Smith mm-hmm. is in the player of the comeback player of the year category right. is his running ability of like, I'm just going to go get four yards every mm-hmm. single time I touch the ball is like helps a lot in like maintaining play action play and everything like that. Right. And they haven't had a running back since like Chris Carson or Marshawn Lynch who can actually be a stable back for them. Right. And that's been, you know, three years now it feels right. like. So yeah. I think Kenneth Walker, I do think Brock Purdy is a very interesting name to throw in there. Yeah. Because his stats yeah. and, like, the way he's played, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, I think, undefeated as a starter. Yeah, I don't think they've lost yet. They've won, like, 12 in a row. Yeah, they won 12 crazy. in a row, and I think the last loss was Kansas City. I think Garoppolo was playing in that game. Yeah. I could be wrong. I think you're right. But I'm pretty sure that yeah. it was, like, a week or two after that game where Garoppolo got Playing hurt. Playing with fire, San Fran is. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, I I think Purdy's been very impressive. Yeah. But I'd give it to Kenneth Walker, personally. Yeah, sure. I don't mean, like I said, I, I, I don't have, like, a, a dog in that race from, like, you know, yeah. one guy was truly the guy. Uh, all right, NFL overall defensive player of the year. Oh boy, I think uh, th- this one. These numbers are staggeringly large yeah. in comparison. It's because nobody had that year. Yeah. So we had Nick Bosa at minus eleven hundred. We have Michael Parsons at plus six hundred. Miles Garrett plus ten thousand. Max Crosby ten thousand. Chris Jones ten thousand. Matthew Judon fifteen thousand. So this one they're saying is basically between two, but yeah. Nick Bosa's got the highest edge on it. Um, I, I think Nick Bosa took it over. Yeah, like week fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, I was kind of saying the same thing. Like I think yeah. Michael Parsons had it. Yeah. for a good majority of the season, mm-hmm. and then there was like a point where like Michael Parsons wasn't as impactful, mm-hmm. and Nick Bosa's like, no, I'm still here. Yeah, right. And he kind of just right. took over defensive player. Of the yeah, year. I, I, this is the the NFL is like, so we can't put Aaron Donald in here because he didn't play enough. Like this is yeah, how basically. I feel about. And TJ yeah. Watt got hurt. Shit. Okay. Who are we going <laughs> to, yeah. yeah. Who's, gonna the, who's the third best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to put we... Nick Bosa here because he played all. Yeah. Game you know, he's finally week. healthy again. Right. You know, two years removed. He's and anchoring the best defense too. Exactly. I think he's probably the best player on the defense. Uh, yes. Him or Fred Warner. Yeah. I him and Fred Warner. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it to him. I think that's fair. I do think Michael Parsons, in terms of like, I think he's very good. Yeah, he's like very, not very being good. the best mm-hmm. um, D 
defensive team yeah. being like the star player helps a lot, but mm-hmm. like anchoring the best defense, I think helps a lot. Yeah. All right. Offensive player of the year. Oh, geez. <clears throat> so this one's Jamal Williams. Yes. <laughs> With his one cat or two catches. 17, he has or whatever. 17 touchdowns. Um, this one's interesting because so the MVP award, as we'll go through, is basically the quarterback award. Yeah. So the Offensive Player of the Year has quarterbacks in it. Mm-hmm. So now it's interesting of, like, how do you <laughs> give these awards out? So, number one, obviously, Justin Jefferson's at minus 800. Yeah. Terry Kill's at plus 1,400. Patrick Mahomes is 1,600. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, 1,800. Josh Allen, 4,000. Christian McCaffrey, 5,000. Travis Kelsey, 5,000. A.J. Brown, 10,000. So, in my mind, I think this is a two- person race a little bit okay i think it's justin jefferson or jalen hurts i don't know why jalen hurt maybe because he's higher on the mvp voting or something like that but like here's the thing if you're going with M- most valuable player i think mahomes is going to take it right yes. spoiler alert. and we'll get there yeah yes. we'll get but there I, I but do like that so at the same time though i don't think it can be understated what jalen hurts means to this philadelphia eagles offense mm-hmm. and the team as a whole we saw that they were zero mm-hmm. three without him drastically huge. Yep. But the problem is Justin Jefferson went monkey banana pants for yep. a good solid 12 weeks. But I will put this as a caveat last four or five weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Where the hell was Justin Jefferson? Yeah, he was not there. And I think if you're a Vikings fan, well, I clearly, I would love to have Justin Jefferson. He's not the perfect receiver that I think people thought after, like, those monstrous games where he put up 300 against the Lions. Like, they go, yeah, he's going to put up big numbers. Yeah. But against good corners, against good defenses who are planning to stop him, he struggled. Mm-hmm. I don't – no one stopped Jalen Hurts, really, all year. Yeah. Really all year. Yeah, when he's healthy. Yeah. He's kind of just – I think he's been killing it, and I think he's proven everybody wrong this yes. year. Everybody, myself included. I did not anticipate the Eagles to come on as strong as they did. Yep. Um, I, th- I think that's it. I, I, I would actually vote for Jalen Hurts. Okay. I know it's hard because I get it. He's a quarterback. but And I think Justin Jefferson is going to win it mm-hmm. because of the gaudy numbers. But I think because Mahomes has taken MVP, I think Jalen Hurts could easily have the argument to go, I'm putting up big numbers. I've been consistent. Mm-hmm. I have the best record in the league. And I'm at minimum going to the NFC title game. Yeah. So I think I think Justin Jefferson also gonna win. Yeah. I actually think the best offensive player mm-hmm. is actually Travis Kelsey. Really? Just because every time Travis Kelsey is the ultimate like um scapegoat mm-hmm. for Mahomes. Oh yeah. Every time. And it bugs me to death. <laughs> if you ever watch a Kansas City game with me ever, yeah. you're just gonna hear it all. Is every time He's about to get sacked, yeah. or he doesn't know where to go. He just throws it to Kelsey, and he's always open. Mm-hmm. That Jacksonville game, I can I can pitch out seven times <laughs> where he's running around, doesn't know where to go, finds Kelsey. He's somehow wide open. I'm like, how is this guy always so open? Especially to a team where they don't have like Tyreek and Sammy Watkins and all these right. studs anymore. Yeah. Like it's like. You have to guard. If you stop Travis Kelsey, which I know is extremely difficult, I'm not yeah. saying it's easy, right. which is why I think he could be offensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, but if you could slow him down or stop him, who, there's not a lot of people he's throwing to. I think Kelsey gets hurt in this argument because he's got Mahomes throwing to him. Yes, and that, and that that's is also is. fair. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think AJ, I think if you want to talk about the person who changed teams yeah, it would and be made AJ the Brown. most, AJ Brown has clearly won that award for me. If that was a thing, we're yeah. like, dumbest trade. 
for one team for the other, that's the trade for me. Oh, I, that. or the it, Russ one. The Russ one, yes, but like I think even the but I'm talking about like on a clear swapsies, like yeah. one for one, yeah. right? AJ Brown went and said, "I'm going to go be one of the best receivers in football that no one's talking about." Still, no one's talking about AJ Brown today. It's like yeah. no one's really paying attention. And okay, you got Traylon Burks, and everyone's like, "But you just." I don't, yeah, understand. I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, yes. this is agree. stupid. Uh, but yeah, I love Travis Kelsey. I think he's awesome. Even yes. though I hate that he's always open. It bugs me to death. <laughs> but he's always open, and he always gets the ball. So, yeah, I would say Travis Kelsey. I just think Justin Jefferson's going to win because he's a Yeah, I monster. think so, too. Yeah. He has, like, he also has, like, the signature one-hand buffalo catch, too, mm-hmm. that helps a lot, like, when he's, like, when they're doing the highlight packages mm-hmm. before. Oh, yeah. like, oh, remember this point? And everyone's going to go, yeah, that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, he probably should win it for that play. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then the MVP award. Um, Mahomes, Mahomes. Josh Mahomes. Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe it's Burrow. Mahomes. It's Mahomes. Mahomes. Sorry. You lose your best. You lose your best receiving threat, not named Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and you're still able to put up numbers like that. They're still consistent. He's still doing crazy ass shit. It's to the point where they don't even talk about him anymore. Yeah, he's gotten to the he's gotten to the Brady level of like, and some Mahomes threw for four touchdowns. Next, yeah. because because it's it's like you know, and Burrow is getting to that. Josh Allen's getting to that. Where it's like, yep, okay, yep, next. You, that. you know oh. what I mean? I think that's why teams. I think that's why guys like Dak Prescott and stuff. A because they play in Dallas, but B is why I think they get talked about so much is because there's games where they, he does throw four touchdowns and you're like, damn, mm-hmm. at a day. And then there's that next game where he plays Washington, throws two pick sixes, and you go, what the hell? It's because they're so inconsistent that people go, okay, we can keep talking about them because they haven't developed the ability to be like the guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. If I mean? you have a consistent year or two, yeah, you're kind of solid. Yeah. Now people just talk about Josh Allen because they're like, all right, so how many interceptions did he throw this game? Yeah. Can he not turn the ball over enough to lose the game? Yeah. And he's like, ah, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. It's funny. Um. Yeah, that'll be a good one though. Yeah, I think Mahomes runs away with it though. I do too. Um. Next. I always think there's really a debate. Like if you went like true, like you said with Jalen Hurts, like true, like most valuable player for your team. Yeah. I mean, I, I just watched a divisional round game where Chad Henning came in and threw a touchdown on Jacksonville. Right. I'm not saying that they'd be 14-3 and three with Chad Henning the whole no. year. But I think they could survive a game or two with Chad Henning. Yeah. I, obviously, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen Chad Henning's bailed him out twice. Bailed him out against Cleveland, too, yes. a couple years ago. Um, that was still one was of the greatest calls ever because wild. of the balls. But, uh, like, Jalen Hurts goes out. 0-3 since he was out. I think if Josh Allen or Joe Burrow go out, yeah. they're... Oh, my God. If Joe Burrow goes if out, Joe Burrow Jesus. goes out, they might not win a game. Also, because I don't know who their backup quarterback is, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, those guys, in terms of how I look at, like, most valuable player to your team yeah. is that way, but, like, the best overall player, if you it's took it in that sense, it's Mahomes. It's Mahomes. He's not going to win very many more of these because of the fact that he's going to get to that point. Like, he's just not. Like, yeah. it's going to get to a point where it's like... Like Brady could theoretically have more MVPs. Like if you're talking about the guy, it's like oh yeah, man, no, there's a dude. there's a historical precedence yeah. in awards like the MVP and stuff, yeah. and basketball does it too. Oh, absolutely, except they won't do it this year. But they usually have a president for basketball. God, I hate Jokic so much. <laughs> um, where normally like Giannis or like LeBron could have won it. Yeah. Multiple eight, years in a eight, row, nine years in a row, but they just don't give it to him every year because right. it's like I don't want to give it to the same guy. Giannis probably could have won it the last oh, yeah. two or three years after he did the two peat, but they're like, you know, only Larry Bird's won it three in a row, so we don't want to have a lot of people win three in a row. Yeah, and you're like, but insert, he's the best player. In, yeah, insert Jokic is going to win three in a row, <laughs> but 
But yeah, but he's like the well, Giannis is the best player, so he should win every year. Like Mahomes being the best quarterback in football doesn't yeah. necessarily mean like he should just have twelve MVP awards. Right, exactly. Even though he probably should have yeah, like twelve MVP he could. awards. Absolutely. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rogers is talking about winning MVP, and Ronkowski's like, "So you don't want to win any Super Bowls, huh?" Okay, cool. <laughs> I could definitely go win an MVP somewhere. Yeah, and Gronk's like, "Wait, you're talking about you MVP? You should have snipped that." Dude, it's because it's a joke, bro. It's a joke. He's he's such a I know, but we could have a good laugh. I there. just thought that of all people, Rob Gronkowski, it was like, wait, hold on. Even this isn't firing in my brain. Well, because Rob Gronkowski's like, <clears throat> I only know how to win Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, he's the great, I mean, he's what, top three tight end ever, yeah. Gronkowski is. Yeah. And you're like, he's like, wait, 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 hold on. You want to win the MVP? <laughs> what about Super Bowls? Like, isn't that not? And he's like, Papa Tom says that. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, Tom could have had 50 touchdowns every year, but yeah, he's about Super Bowls. Exactly. Time. Right. And the years he did have 50 touchdowns, they lost in the Super Bowl. So he's like, oh, so reverse psychiatry, that crap, you know? So it is what it is. All right. Let's talk some Royal Rumble, Mike. Um, what do we got? Like four matches on this card? Three outside of the Rumble matches. I'm sorry. All right. Cool. I assume. Okay. We're going to, I'm going to presume that the SmackDown tag match would happen here. I think so. Because they did a lot of those at the show we were at. Yeah. So like they're doing the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Next week on yes. SmackDown, so I would assume that the fi- well, no, no, so like, so the the tag final match would the be the tag here? final match might be here. I don't know. Maybe they just save it for SmackDown because maybe the Usos could be in the Rumble. The Usos could be playing. yeah. Who knows? So yeah, as know. of right now, we have three matches plus Rumbles. Yeah, and that's probably all we're gonna get. Yeah, I mean the Rumbles each take about an hour. So, yeah, so it's like I mean Roman and Kevin will go at least twenty, if not 20, longer, 25. and then. You know, you've got uh, Bianca and Alexa right at this yeah. at this show too. Oh, you're just—I was about to go over. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just talking about right? like from a time perspective. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine they're going to have that much more. I don't know yeah. though. Who knows what this? Pl- okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I thought Karrion Cross and Ray was going to be actually on the Rumble show, and then like, oh no, it's on SmackDown. I go, oh okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get into this so-called wrestling show we're going to watch next Saturday. Yeah, and review next Sunday. Yeah. Um, we will start with um. I don't know. The women's match. Yeah, why not? All right. We got a... Ah, hell, why not? Ah, why not? We got a Raw Women's Championship match. We have Alexa Bliss challenging Bianca Belair. Why are they challenging? Because Alexa beat her because of Uncle Howdy. Yeah. You got all that? Yeah. I watched Raw. Two plus two equals fish. All right. Um... Um, yeah, so Bianca wins. Bianca wins. And there's going to be some stupid crap with Alexa, I'm sure, at some point during this thing where, like, you know, something happens and she gets demented and then eats the ref's face off or something. I don't know. Who cares? It'll be kind of fun. Yeah. Next. Um, I I will say, like, three weeks ago, I watched the, uh, the first time Uncle Howdy, like, interrupted Alexa Bliss match. Yeah. And it was funny because, like, one of the security people didn't know that he was supposed to be there. Yeah. Like, the guy in the crowd with the mask or whatever. Yeah. And so the security guy was like, you have to leave. Like, get right. out of here. Right. Because, like, he's, like, yelling or doing something. And then there's, like, another security person going, no, 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 please. No, 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 no. supposed to be there. And it was really funny to watch. That seems about right. Anyway. Uh, we have a Mountain Dew pitch black match. Oh, God, I forgot about this. How did I forget? <laughs> so we have Bray Wyatt taking on LA Knight in a Mountain Dew pitch black match. Now the the uh, the things I've thought about this match could being is absolutely hysterical. What what does a pitch black ma- is it just like no holds barred but so different ways? I'm it? hoping what happens. This is this is in my mind how this happens. Okay, yeah. I don't think we get a finish to this match. I doubt we will. Okay, so here's what I think is going to happen. Elian's going to walk out. Okay. Okay. 
He's going to do some sort of promo. And you go, yeah, like he does. He goes, L.A. Knight. Does that. Does his finger pointing thing. And then immediately after that, lights go out. Right? Or, actually, let me me rephrase that. Bray's music hits, right? Does his whole shtick. Takes 37 minutes to walk down. He's, He's slower than The Undertaker at this point. It's ridiculous. It's like Bray Wyatt... Undertaker, Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah, um, that is fair. Triple H. He's got to spit yeah. tons of water. Yeah. Um, he spends a lot of time <laughs> spitting water. <laughs> just reminds me of those old, like, SmackDown versus Raw games where it was, like, vintage Triple H, and you're like, I'm going to go get make a sandwich while he's still walking down, and I'll be ready for the match. But um, Bray Wyatt does his shtick, right? They go in there. They about to lock up. Lights go out. Right, some shenanigans happen on the boards. Lights come back on. La Knight's on the floor, and Bray White's just like, <laughs> and then that's, okay, that's the good. end of it. I think that's what's gonna happen. Okay, I I, I take that yeah with full grain. If see, they wrestle the whole match in the dark, see my. Th- <laughs> I mean, it'd be the funniest thing ever. No, I was. Just, I want someone to throw a Mountain Dew can of pitch black at somebody, and that's the finish. You hit him with the pitch black. It's over. Yeah, no, I was thinking that the whole lights go down, and all you hear is, and Michael Cole's just free. We can't see anything. <laughs> just can't see nothing. And Bray Wyatt, I think, hit the sister Abigail. That's not even Bray Wyatt. Never mind. I don't even know who's happening. <laughs> it's Uncle Howdy now. Who They're just sitting there in the corners, stomping in the ring to make it sound like something's actually happening. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. Next, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. That's really funny. Um, so next we got... Uh, the non-Rumble main event match. Yeah. We got uh, Kevin Owens taking on Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman for the world title yep. in a singles match. So this, I think, has more intrigue than I think on paper it, it would normally. So talk to me a little bit. Like, Do you think we get any progression in like the Sammy storyline here at all? In like at, it, like at with this show, ma- yeah like show or yeah, in this match yeah like with this match in this show like in the Rumble right like because like you we saw it on SmackDown we were there live <laughs> <laughs> take that um, you missed one yeah, good match one hell of a match um, but with the tension right yeah. Paul kind of telling him hey like you know like he's okay blah 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 right. And then Sammy taking so long to come down and help out, with, mm-hmm. you know, after Owens hit everybody with a stunner and all that stuff. And then they're all looking at him to kind of end the show, right? Yes. Do you see any progression of Sammy potentially turning babyface, you know, officially joining forces with Kevin Owens or anything like that? Or do we still kind of see kind of a status quo for a while, because we're kind of getting down to nut cutting time here. I mm-hmm. feel like it's going to have to happen before Mania, right? Like he can't go into Mania as a member of the Bloodline still. I I think it happens in the Rumble itself, okay, and not in this match. Okay, all right. So this match, you think he just Roman just somehow yeah, I think Roman cheats just, to win and wins. Wins it out. Yeah. however he wants to win. I think yeah. he just wins. Okay. Um, I could we could go over predictions for Rumble situations for different people. Yeah. Um, but I think whatever happens. Between the to further that storyline happens in the rumble itself okay. and not in this match. Okay. So I think just Roman wins as yeah. clean as can be. I don't think he wins clean. I think there's gonna be some shenanigans, Uso related, I'm sure, Maybe. or Solo Sokoa, yeah. somebody, right? But I don't think necessarily that it's gonna be like I guess oh not God. clean. Like I think yeah. he pins him in the middle of the Oh ring. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Spear, spear done. Yeah. But like maybe he gets like 
hold leg or something. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah whatever. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Roman retains though for sure. Yeah. All right, we'll do the women's rumble first. Yeah. Because I think there's less story, fun stories to kind of like <clears throat> talk about predictions for. Yeah. I think it's just kind of a little more straight up on this one. Right. Um. So we have seven of the thirty entrants announced as of January twenty second, twenty twenty three, which is Sunday. Uh, we have Liv Morgan, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, Selena Vega, and Emma. All have been announced sure. for the Rumble. Sure. Um, so, do you think any of these seven win, or do you think there's an outside 20, one of the 23 non-announced win? I think it's Ripley. Um, I've been very outspoken over the last several weeks where I think she's doing the best work of her career mm-hmm. right now, character-wise. I think she's fantastic uh the judgment day thing works because of her mm-hmm. um my if i had to pick somebody other than her i know she's like the betting favorite ripley is i would love to still see bailey get this um i think she's the only one left of like the major people in mm-hmm. the company that hasn't gotten the win yet um in the rumble right like oscar's done it becky's done it bianca's done it charlotte's done it you know like we've kind of yeah like we've really kind of exhausted the options you know ronda's won it you know like um, I don't think there's anybody else that's on that that super hot streak, right? Like Bianca, we knew. Okay, she's probably yeah. gonna win the rumble, yeah. right? Um, you know, if Sasha was still around, I would put her kind of in that mix too. But like, it's not like Alexa Bliss is tearing the house on fire. We don't have Liv, Liv Morgan kind of peaked at Money in the Bank, right, and did her thing. We don't have that one woman where you're like, oh, yep, that's the yeah. that's the that's it for me. So I think Rhea's the obvious choice. I would. I would love to see Bailey win it as well. Those are really my only two people that I think have any sort of real chance at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would give the outsider. I'm sure Becky will be in there in the final four, but. Yeah, uh, I think there's an outsider-outsider chance that Liv Morgan's in there near the end. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily give her any kudos to win. Yeah. But I wouldn't be shocked if she's like final six. Yeah, and I think area. that's an important thing too, right? Because I think you, there's always that one or two people in every Rumble who go a really long time, right? Mm-hmm. Those are featured spots. Like, yeah. if you're the person designated to go, hey, he listen, he's going to go 48 minutes. Yeah. That's a designated spot for that person to highlight yeah. them. Yeah. I And I think, I don't know if they said that she would be entering at one. I thought so, too. I was thinking that in my mind, too. I think Liv is coming in at one or two. Yeah, I think she is one. I think so. Like, I think because she had a thing with Raquel that she mm-hmm. was like, I'll, I'll come in at one and do the whole thing. Like, yeah. I don't care. So I wouldn't be shocked if she's a feature. Number one mm-hmm. is in the final six-ish. Yeah, lasting and they, forever. Oh, lasting right. a really long time and gets out. It yeah. has a really good showing, but yeah. doesn't necessarily pull the win out. Correct. Um, I would agree with that. Other than that, though, I don't, like, I would agree with you. I think Rhea um, or... Bailey probably. I just think so. I think Rhea's so far and away the person that they need to give it to here. Yeah, I just I'm interested because it's like they're having the Becky Bailey yes. steel cage match yep. on Raw. Yep. To the night you're hearing this, probably right. unless yep. you hear it on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, but pretty much the night of that, it will mm-hmm. come. This podcast comes out yep. on the Raw 30th show. So I would assume the winner of that probably has something with Bianca down the line, mm-hmm. and. My thought is, I guess the real question I would have for this Rumble specifically, since there's two champions, mm-hmm. is which championship does the winner go after? Like, yeah. if Rhea wins, is she going after Bianca? I think so. On Raw? Yeah, I think so. Or would, or do you think, like, Bailey wins and transitions to SmackDown? Like, which one do you think is probably more likely? Yeah, I, I well, I don't think, if Rhea wins, I don't think she's going to SmackDown because I don't think they're going to move the Judgment Day yes. to SmackDown. So yeah. I think they would just keep it there. But, but um, then I feel like, like, I feel like you're almost wasting, like, Becky and Bailey. 
Yeah. Than uh, not having them on the show at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know what they're doing. SmackDown wise, they don't really have that person. Exactly. I mean, they could always do an elimination chamber, which is why or... it's easy to have the Rumble winner just kind of like right. go for Charlotte because right. it's, a, it's an easy move over. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not. Then it's 100... like weird to have Ripley do it, <clears throat> so that's why I'm like, maybe, maybe if you were, if you could actually bet on this and like the odds, I think the best odd get would be Bailey because I think Bailey would be at like plus points, yeah. and I think we will right, be and because be she's got and... she's got the other two people who are the the. Raw tag champ or the, the the women's tag champs, right? They can move from show to show. Yes, so it makes some sense that she can move over there. Yeah, she could go over there with yeah. her tag team and do that. Yeah, stuff for too. sure. Yeah, I could see it. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. So yeah, those are the two I think have any kind of sort of chance to yep. win the women's one. All right, men's one. All right, so, not cutting time. Yeah, this one I think has a lot of fun storylines that could oh my be God. introduced. Will they do any of them? Who knows? But yeah. I do think there's possibility for a lot of fun stuff in this one. Um, announced. Names that we have so far. We have 15 of the 30 announced. Okay. So we have Kofi, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, Rey Mysterio, Gunther, Cody, Omas, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, Karrion Cross. So the first thing I want to say is that they are, it is pretty heavy with talent in this one. This isn't a throwaway rumble, like yes. from a talent perspective. You got a lot of guys in there that have been former world champion or have like legitimate creds, right? Yes. To this. Um, yeah, there's just so many ways they can go with this. I mean, I mean, the Sammy aspect of it is interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Um, the Cody thing is obvious and glaring and staring you in the face. The Rock. Um, yeah. I really think those are the only real three options that are happening here. Um, I would not be shocked to see somebody like Rollins. I could see Theory being a guy that lasts a really long time too because they want to spotlight him. Somebody that's going to go a long time that's definitely not going to win this thing. Yeah. Um, but I, let's start with your Sami Zayn theory though because yeah. I'm interested. Okay, in yeah. So I have so my Sami Sami Zayn theory. Yeah. Going in, so why I don't think he's going to interrupt much of the championship match yeah. is because I think him with the bloodline and probably Sola Sokoa yeah. will all probably get in this match. And I think that there's going to be a situation where, and it kind of messes up my other theory that we're going to talk about <laughs> well, a little it's just, bit. Well, it's just, you but, got options, yes, right? But this idea, so like I kind of have a sense of think back to like the 2011 Rumble mm-hmm. where you had the Nexus kind of like, there was like a good six entrant period yeah. where they were just like, the four were in there mm-hmm. beating people up and throwing them out. Right. Uh, I think all four of the bloodline are going to be in the match together, kind of okay. just running house for a while mm-hmm. because Roman at this Sami Zayn burial thing that right. they're doing on Raw now instead of like the celebration of the bloodline yeah. story. I think they're going to be like, hey, you're going to go in the Rumble yeah. and we need you to win. Whatever it takes, you need to win. Right. So, because then you will challenge me, you'll lay down in the ring. Yep. And I, it'll yeah. be an easy do what's win. best for the do, family. Do what's good for the family. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I think there's going to be a moment in the rumble where Sammy, or this could be one of the possibilities where Sammy, because he knows he has to win for the bloodline, mm-hmm. throws out the, the bloodline, bloodline members, right? And he throws them out prematurely, right? Where he's like, okay, maybe it's like final eight, right? And it's like the bloodline versus like Cody Rounds, whoever, right. whoever. Yeah. And he's like, there's a prime opportunity where like the the yeah. Usos are kind of hanging mm-hmm. out or something. And he, and he goes both. and he yeah. dumps them both and goes, I, it's yeah, right. two less people I have to go through. Right. But then he eventually loses right. in the final four or something, right. and then 
you know, that can spark on Monday being like, you threw out the, you threw out the bloodline. Right. It's like, yeah, but like in my defense, you told me to win. You told yeah. me to win, right. and so I threw them out because there's two less people. And he's like, but why didn't you keep them until the final four? They would have went out, and because right. of what SmackDown happened, it's right. like. I think they would have turned on me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't. I didn't believe. And then you could have that. St- but that you little, don't trust me in the plan. Yeah. You don't trust yeah. me in the plan. And there could be a really strong friction yeah. in between them with that. And I think that could then have Kevin Owens kind of swing in to kind of help Sammy with a save. I'm very interested to see when they finally pull the real trigger. Yeah. Like when they do it, where Roman finally makes like legit contact yeah. and knocks him out, and like. Where do we get that moment where it's like, okay, now it's them again, right? Because yes. that moment... It's going to be huge. Oh, it's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so, 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 so good, Yeah. right? And then I still think we're spot on. I think it needs to spin off between them two versus the Usos Yeah. in, in some Mania. capacity in Mania. I think, A, from a wrestling perspective, I don't think you get a better tag match than that. But then, no. B, the story, the emotion, especially if they win, say they win SmackDown to... Oh God! It's just that's just moments right there where you go, man. That's a that's a real like crowning moment there. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of how I yeah I could see it. There's yeah. something with the bloodline that yeah. can happen there. I am in the I'm Rumble. intrigued. I'm intrigued. Um, I love the fact that this year's Rumble has layers to it. Yeah. Where like there's so many different avenues where and, and like other years where like I haven't felt like you know when Rollins won in Chicago, you go okay, well he's gonna win, right? Yeah. Like you just kind of knew it, right? Um, last year's Rumble was awful for so many reasons um you know when drew won it you're like wow okay like that was a total 180 move right where you where it was like this is a disaster to oh my gosh this is awesome all within a very short you know amount of time Mm -hmm. um so there's just so many layers to this um the other layer that we obviously have to talk about though is you know is cody coming back yes right um He's got. He's the betting favorite, right? Right now to win it. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the opinion where if it's not him and it's not Sammy related, mm-hmm. there's no way WWE doesn't get crucified for I, the finish of this match. Yeah, I can't figure. I mean, I can't figure out a way where it's not right. Like so, the, let's bring, the so let's bring the Rock into this because I do think it's I think they have an I think the Rock impacts Cody's world, right? Yes, it does. I think if if the Rock is the plan, mm-hmm. and that, and that's the and that's where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. Two things: number one, Rock doesn't need to win the Rumble to get there. That's number one. Not at all. Number two, if he is in the Rumble and he does win it, you're going to get two reactions. You're going to get, oh my gosh. I'm so excited. The Rock is here. Q ten minutes later, mm-hmm. when he throws out Cody or Sammy or whoever the last man is, Seth, whatever. Immediate, oh shit! Mm-hmm. That's what we're getting. And then you're gonna get the Boo Birds. Mm-hmm. They're gonna boo that. Yeah. And I, I am, I, I firm, I'll be, I'll I, be I, there. oh yeah, I firmly stand behind my feelings that they will boo that. It will be worse than Batista winning mm-hmm. that year when everybody went, no, come on, no. Because, and I, I, I don't know how, but I've always been like this. The Rumble is a moment to make somebody, mm-hmm. to elevate that next person into the main event scene. Rock's already there. Yeah. Doesn't need it. I I mean, 
I'm not even like that. I just hate when people just come in willy nilly, like yeah. part time, like last minute, and just yeah. win it, win it, yeah. And like, like you know, I hate when people just walk out. Oh, I get a championship match, I and then I win in thirty it. seconds. Yeah, I, I, I hate every single time they do it. <laughs> yep. Um, it just so happens it happens in WWE a lot, so that's why. <laughs> yeah. But like, if AEW does it, I'm not gonna come out and be like, oh my god, Kenny Omega walked out, challenged for the world title, and won, won it in thirty yeah. seconds. No, yeah. it's stupid. stupid. Doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> yep. Um. Doesn't matter if it's Charlotte or anybody, it's yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, but I also hate it when they do it in the Rumble where it's like, oh, you know, this guy who wrestles like Batista mm-hmm. just randomly just kind of comes out in 2014 yeah. and, just, and just wins he's it. He's coming back. Okay. And, and, and he's now he's in the Rumble and now months. he wins it. Oh, yeah. okay. He's back for two months and then leaves again. I'm like, okay, that's stupid. It's like kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Um, so I hate when they do it anyway. So the second I hear the Rock's music, I'm going to go, oh, God, this sucks. Because yep. uh, I'm not in the, I don't care about the big, like, the pop returns. Mm-hmm. I just think like, it's stupid. Because he's going to get one. Because he's going to get the big return yeah. from the crowd. Yeah. But I'm going to be like, oh, God. And then he's going to win it, and people are going to go, yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Now, what they should do, and I got the okay to Rob, from Rob to say this. Because <laughs> I, I have to pass it by Rob, because then I get crucified. <laughs> That's and he might, not Then true. he might kick me off the show, That's and I, I don't want true. all this happen. How dare you? So, what I think should happen, yeah. which I think would be, the most fun mm-hmm. and could make for one of the best rumbles ever. Okay. Wow. You're really, really. Because it really mixes up a lot of things I really like in rumbles. So that's <laughs> why is you start off Cody Rollins. Yep. Have them go the whole way. Mm-hmm. And then they're the final two. Yep. And then you get like a taker Sean, like 15 minute final <clears> two <throat> yep. where they're just going like a mini match war. Yeah. And then Cody wins. Yeah. Cause that's everything I would want is, yep. The guys I like going very far into the match. Mm-hmm. And then I love having the final two actually having like a wrestling match before one of them right. wins. I hate the ones where it's like, like they fight for 30 seconds and like the final two is like a 30 second thing. I hate that. Like, it's the worst. Like, it's the worst. It's especially because like they're both going to yeah. come in at like the same time, even mm-hmm. though number one and number two is different. They're both the same. Um, and they're going to win the Rumble at number two. Can I just be number one? Why? Well, because then I get credit for being number one, not number two. Yeah. No, number two. <laughs> but, like, they're both going to be exhausted. Yeah. They're going to be like, yeah. I don't know if I – and then they just got to keep going because it's for the WrestleMania thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it would be awesome. And I think you could fit in the Sami Zayn storyline oh, that yeah. I brought up before mm-hmm. where they're kind of running house through people, but Cody and Seth are, like, the two that are kind of, like – maybe they're, like, outside the ring a little bit. They're mm-hmm. not, like – they're kind of exhausted, so they're not, like, in the match. And then the breakup happens, and then Cody and Seth are still there. Like, you can have the whole implosion in the Rumble and still have Cody and Seth there. But I think it would be awesome, storytelling-wise, to be like, Cody walks out, he's like, oh, here we go. I wonder who's number... Oh, here's Rollins. He's like, fuck. Right. Like, the one guy guy I've been feuding with. So, let's let's take those off the table for a second. Okay. So, let's assume The Rock's not coming back for the Rumble. Yeah. Okay. Is there any feasible way... That anybody outside of Cody and the outside chance of Sammy somehow mm-hmm. doing Falling this thing, off. right? Where you leave the Rumble going, okay, good, or I'm excited. Like, because here's the thing: if if you told me next Sunday when we're doing this show, right, mm-hmm. when we're covering the show, and Rollins won the Rumble, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say I'm upset because I think Rollins is doing phenomenal work right now. Mm-hmm. But it's not his time. Yeah. Right? Like, if you told me Drew McIntyre won the Rumble because they're trying to build off of him and, and Roman again, right, for, for, at Clash of the Cats, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Drew won. 
all right, like not the not Brock, so I guess it's, it could be worse, right? Yeah. But like, I feel like they're setting it up to this point. It's like when Brian entered the Rumble mm-hmm. the year after WrestleMania 30, and they eliminated him like in the middle of the match, and people went ballistic, and they were like, "Yeah, they knew that was going to happen. That's why they did it like in the middle, so they would forget." Uh huh. If Cody gets eliminated in this match. <laughs> I don't know what's going. I think it could potentially ruin the rest of the match. Oh, it definitely for me it would. It would it, because you go well, shit. Especially if it's not in the final four when everyone's already come out. Mm-hmm. You, it's it's one of those things where I understand from a perspective. I love the rumble because of the variety, right? And it, anything can happen. They can go anywhere with it potentially. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes the obvious move is the right move. Yeah. And is the thing that we want to see. Uh-huh. I want Cody Roman for the title, main event, let's go. Yeah. I want eight weeks of promos uh-huh. between Cody and Roman and Paul Heyman. Uh-huh. That's what I want. Yeah. Just give me that. But, I mean, I, I, and the reason I bring up those two guys is because I think we're both fans of those guys, right? And I think yeah. that they're over with the crowd. Yeah, and, listen, and, they, and they're I, credible. Yeah, there's like... A laundry list of guys. Yeah, I could say like I could be like, Gunther could win. Yeah, and I'd go. I guess I don't hate the idea. Right, but also I don't. I like my other idea. I like I like better. other ideas more. <laughs> but like, if you told me you got Gunther and Roman, right, right, I'm not saying no necessarily. Right, right. Um, you're saying why right now? <laughs> yeah, like we don't need to do it right at this right, moment. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean. I wouldn't come on here and be super happy if it wasn't Cody. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Even Sammy, I'm not like fully on board with because right. I don't think Sammy. And Roman the most would WWE thing ever is for Cody to not win the Rumble and somehow still get the title shot. Yeah. And you could go, or you could have just had him win the mother effing Rumble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get that moment. Yeah. There's there's always a worry for me where they go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna not have Cody win, yeah. but then he's gonna come out on Raw and go. I need like he's gonna do like the Shawn Michaels yeah. 2010 thing for the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Be like, how can I get this? I need this right. match. Blah blah blah. Okay, I'm gonna enter the chamber at one, right? And get yeah. that number one contendership and go through five other guys in the chamber match or something. Yeah. And it's like one of those where I'm like, you could have just gave him the rumble. Yeah, you don't, right. you don't need a right. Like the only way he doesn't get it if it's The Rock. Mm-hmm. And, and like it. I said, I'm at a point now. I am sticking to my original future booking right where i go i want it to be strictly i want rock night one where he faces roman rock puts roman over night two it's cody roman roman puts cody over that's it that's how i want to go off tv because you leave roman strong rocks one here for the dream match he goes home right blah 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 Mm -hmm. cody's out new champion we're all Mm hunky-dory right that's how you can do it. It's 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 simple. It's really that simple. To, I mean, obviously, getting the Rock is not simple, right? But if Rock's not in it, it's got to be him. I just don't have any other explanation or reasoning or anything I can point to to go. It doesn't make the most business sense for Cody to not win it. Yeah, just doesn't make sense unless it's the Rock. And even then, I think that they're going to get a lot of backlash for it. Yeah, a lot of backlash for it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be a happy camper if The Rock comes out. Yeah, I won't. See, the difference is, I won't be a happy camper the entire time. I know some people for like that 15 minute spurt will be really excited to see him. I'm oh, like, yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah, it'll be scary. I'm going to be like, oh boy, here we go. That's what I'll say. I'll be like, yeah. 
Oh boy. We're the same thing if like Austin go. comes out at 30 for some reason. I'm going to be like, oh, God. That'd be cool. That'd be cool if Austin come in. Not to win it, but just to come yeah. out. That'd be cool. I'd be I'm fun. cool with him coming out, but then there's always the outsider chance of like, do they want him in role? Like, no. There's a lot of stuff. You can't do an actual match like that. Yeah. No. Stone Cold's not that guy. That's what you think. He's not that guy. That's what you think. He's not. Now, if Undertaker came back, I'd be like, yep. Nope. Get out of here. He's coming to Raw 30. He's going to declare, I'm going. And then Goldberg's going to come back, too. It's all going to be all the fun ones. Yeah. All right. That's going to be it for this week. I know. That's going to be it for this week's show, guys. Uh, Next week, obviously, Royal Rumble talk is going to be front and center. I mean, we're booking our way to WrestleMania, basically. If if, if someone other than Cody wins, I just might not be on the show. Yeah. Mike Mike may or may not destroy everything in the studio. We don't know. Uh, But that's going to be front and center next week, guys, is Royal Rumble talk. Obviously, NFC, AFC Conference Championship games. Um, we will have a quick hitter out for you guys later this week about that. Um, but be ready. The road to WrestleMania, we're here. Yeah, we skipped the road at the Super Bowl. We just go right to the WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, the Super Bowl we're going to talk about later this week. So, yeah. I mean, it's fine. And we'll talk We'll talk a lot of Super Bowl in the next two weeks. It's okay. We'll talk Eagles, Chiefs, and Michael will be like, please, God, just <laughs> not Mahomes again. Okay? That's the story. Spoiler <laughs> alert. That's what's happening, right? <laughs> I know. For all you people who hate me gambling, yeah. talking about how much I love TCU out here. Yeah. There's a lot of Mahomes here that's going to be <laughs> That's going to be it for this week's show, guys. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merck Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan. We will see you guys, as always, next time.